This is episode 345 of The Real Me and Colin, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to take a look at some Oscar hopefuls, The Power of the Dog and Belfast. What is he going to think of both of those films? We'll just have to tune in and find out. This episode starts right now. What is going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Real Me and Colin, a movie podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Chase Lee. Thank you for joining me on this day or night or whenever you're listening to this. I hope you guys are having an awesome day. You guys are amazing. Uh, Before we begin this episode, if you could please spread this episode around and let people know that this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to, that would be much appreciated. Hey, listen, I realize that movies aren't for everyone, but you know, if there's someone out there that's just struggling and they just don't really know where to start because there's just so many options out there. I sound like Steve Austin there for a second. It was great. Uh, (laughs) If you guys... um, just hand this episode. You know, this is an Oscar-heavy episode, so maybe, you know, we can convince them to love movies and, you know, get get excited for the award season and all that stuff. There's just so much going on, um, you know, in, in the award season. You know, maybe maybe this is where we'll get them, you know? The people that don't like movies out there, we'll, we'll get them one of these days, but, um, you know, in due time. But yes, thank you uh, for uh, the support and spreading all these episodes around all throughout all these years. You guys are awesome. This is episode 345. Like I said at the top, I will be going over The Power of the Dog and Belfast as my main reviews and topics of conversation. Um, But before we get into all of that, I got to ask, per usual, you guys ready for this? How you guys doing? You guys doing pretty good? Um, It is, uh, I can't believe at this time, the time of this recording and then when this episode posts up, it will be... (laughs) The, almost the end of January. Where's the time going? Can we just can we slow down a little bit? That that's all. I, I'm not asking to pause time. I'm, I'm not asking. Just just slow, slow it down a little bit. You know, you know. Before I'll wake up and then before I know it, it's the end of the day and it's just like, you know, <laughs> did I do enough? Was I productive enough? And so I always contemplate that and always tell myself like, did I did I do enough to accomplish during the day? And then you realize that. You, you did, but at the same time, like you still have so much more to do. And it's just like, there's just not enough time to do anything. Um, so, yeah. Just the, the weight of that and just thinking about that is just, um, it's a lot. <laughs> so, but yes, um, uh, yeah, I can't believe it's almost the end of the month. And, you know, Scream was the only uh, big film this month. And so it's really kind of hard to find stuff to talk about but i'm glad the award season is here because it finds me stuff to watch that i've missed and it gives me an excuse and so uh i'm i got my calendar all written out for you guys you guys are getting quite a bit actually for the at least for this month and bleeding into um the first week in february and i'm actually gonna uh, go over that right now so if you guys want to know the schedule um here you go here's a little sneak peek so uh next week the main episode for 346 uh, will be The Lost Daughter and Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, those are both Netflix movies and quite possibly Oscar uh, potential um, award-worthy shows or, excuse me, movies. Um, and so uh, that's why I, I figured I'd do that on January 31st. That's when that episode will drop. You guys will also get um, documentaries from last year that I missed. It will be a clump review of four different documentaries. Um, it will be the Sparks Brothers, Roadrunner, Val, and Summer of Soul. Um, so I, I basically picked ones that 
could be awards worthy or people have talked about from last year and, you know, just getting a lot of recognition. So and I missed a lot of them last year. So you guys are going to get that. You guys are going to get a mini review of Mass, a mini review of The Card Counter, a mini review of Drive My Car, and a mini review of The Tinder Bar. And I'll just kind of spread all those episodes out, you know. Uh, well, at the time of this recording, you guys will have already seen the Mass mini review. See, this is the problem of recording uh, ones way before the post date because I'm looking at my calendar. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm technically talking about stuff that's already going to be posted. So there's, but you know, there's just, there's just so much that, um, sometimes it slips from my mind, but yeah, you guys are getting quite a bit. And then of course, um, February 4th, I'm supposed to get a screener link for, um, the long night, uh, from Wellgo USA, Wellgo USA. And I'm assuming Paramount's going to have a screening for Jackass forever. Um, so there's that. And obviously I'll watch the other three to, I'll try to watch the other three to catch up on them, but um, I don't really need to. But um, you guys will have a review, uh, an episode of that. So there's just so much. So I'm, I'm hoping you guys are enjoying everything. Um, definitely putting in the work for sure. Um, but I, I'm feeling motivated and energized, and so I'm excited. I'm ready to do this thing. So, but I'm, I'm hoping you guys are enjoying all the content. So, uh, yeah. So what have I been watching? What have I been catching up on? Well, you know, watch the newest episode of uh, Euphoria. Um, at the time you guys are going to get this episode, I will have not seen episode three yet, even though it will be the day prior to this posting. But uh, I did see episode two. Okay, I don't care what anyone says. I am aware that these these kids are 17 years old and all of them uh, are acting like they're 40. I don't care. I love it. I love the sleazy high school drama. Um but on a technical level, this is one of the most impressively shot, edited, um, musically composed, um, even song selection shows that I've ever seen on television. Like they are on point when it comes to like the visual nature of this show. It is chaos. It is sporadic. It is beautiful. It is colorful. It's well composed. Um, with shots and with music, it it definitely puts you in a visual and auditory sense unlike any other. And it lives up to the name of the show, Euphoria. It leaves you in a euphoric kind of fashion. So it is so well shot. I am just so impressed that they were able to shoot the whole thing on film again. And it just, it looks absolutely stunning with the, the grains and the textures. It, it just adds to the 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 i don't know just the overall kind of like anxious environment of the show and it just adds like a different just a different experience like it's just it's it's hard to explain but it's just it's so well shot it's some of the best cinematography i've seen on a show in quite some time but um yeah the second episode once again fantastic the the drama is there and i cannot wait for episode three i just i love 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 the show and to no surprise, um, I know a lot of people are talking about it, but did you guys know that it is a, it is a twenty four? A twenty four does this show, so this is their. They've done a few. I think they've done a few shows uh, with the A twenty four label, but this is like the full on like first one um, that's given them a lot of like recognition. So, yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic. 
The Righteous Gemstones uh, watched episodes two and three. Um, great show. Yeah, I just uh, I, I I've been I'm enjoying the uh, mystery and kind of the assassination angle and kind of gangster level that they're going to now, uh, while also being like this um, humongous like religious like family and pop culture and so it's uh it's a fascinating mix but it's also got sprinkles of dark comedy and really great one-liners and improv and danny mcbride is as crazy as ever i love adam divine um and then uh oh god i keep forgetting her name like the actress's name because her uh name on the show is judy and she plays the sister and she cracks me up with everything that she says her name is Edie Patterson. I keep forgetting her, her freaking name, and I, I feel embarrassed. But, yeah. Uh, and then John Goodman is the dad. Always uh, such a hoot to watch, but also terrifying. I, I love this kind of turn that he's taking, and it really just sets the, the, the mood for the show, and you just feel nervous every time when a character talks to him. And Eric Roberts is on this season. I, I hope he gets more work. You know, honestly, like, I, I realize that he's been doing the Bruce Willis route and he's been doing a lot of, like, rentals and P, PVOD movies and stuff that just literally go straight to a trash bin. But he's really good on this show. So I'm hoping this gives him kind of like a, a resurgence and he gets offered a little bit more high-profile role so he doesn't have to, like, keep working for Snickers bars and bus passes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Righteous Gemstones... It's righteous. There you go. Um, I'm enjoying um, the Sunday watches with that and Euphoria. Kind of a definitely. You need something kind of lighter to watch after Euphoria because you just feel so anxious and just like the world is just on your shoulders and you just you just feel so much just around you. You're just like, okay, I need something kind of light and breezy to watch, and the Righteous Gemstones will do that. Uh, watch like the newest episode of Search Party. Um, I realize the whole season's on there. We're just kind of taking our time with it because it, it is the final season. But we're just watching those on Sundays. So continuing our journey with that. Um, also watching each episode of Just Like That. I'm bored out of my mind. Listen, when my wife decided to want to do the Sex in the City Marathon, I said, that's fine. I'm willing to take any chance on any show. I am not, I'm not biased. Like, I, I'll give it a shot. I ended up enjoying it. It was, you know... Uh, the show w was fine. Um, I like rom-coms. I like those type of shows. Wasn't anything that blew me away. You know, I still prefer stuff like, um, uh, what's, what's one I've liked recently? Modern Love on, um, Amazon Prime. I like that show. Uh, I like Love Life on HBO Max. Um, yeah. I, so, you know, there, there are certain ones that, you know, I just like watching, but, uh, this one, uh, the Sex and City, like seasons one, one through six, there was some good stuff. You know, I, I, I liked it. Um, the first movie, whatever the second movie, no, thank you. And then this, the revival of the show, uh, and just like that, I appreciate like big, you know, biting the dust in the first episode. Cause it adds stakes. It adds, you know, some type of emotional layering that you need for these characters and kind of expanding them a little bit. But now we're like seven episodes deep. And I just do not care. I really don't. And it is boring. They are drawing stuff out, picking situations and making them run for like 20 minutes. And you're just like, it feels like it's this is all filler. And they're trying to just kind of pat it out just a little bit before they get to like the final two episodes, which probably have something big in it. 
So, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm just bored out of my freaking mind. So there's that. Um, I am also um, trying to finish up The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan um, uh, documentary series on Netflix. I actually watched like the first episode a very long time ago when it dropped. I just never finished it. And so I was eating dinner before my Scream uh, 5 showing. And I was like, got an hour to kill. What do I have to watch and catch up on? I was like, oh, I haven't finished the last dance. Okay, let's finish that up. So I watched the second episode and I was like, oh my God, like there's so much that's going on with this this team. And then I watched episode three and like, yeah, I'm, I'll probably finish it this week to be honest with you. So um, yeah, I really enjoyed that one as well. So if you guys like documentary series, uh, Netflix, they're always on a roll and the last dance is a good one. So but yeah, that's what I've been watching and catching up on. So I hope um, you guys are just catching up on stuff, whether it be like Oscar movies or you know some of the new releases that are coming out. Um, yeah, just uh, hope you guys are enjoying stuff. So, but yes, that will do it for the kind of introduction to this episode. Let's not waste any more time. When we come back from the break, I will be going over the first one: the power of the dog, the Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, Cody Smith McPhee, directed by Jane Campion. This is going to be Netflix's big, 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 big awards consideration movie. This is the one they're going to push the most. And so what am I going to think about? We'll just have to tune in and find out. I'll see you guys right after the break. And welcome back from the first break. Let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about Netflix's The Power of the Dog. This one tells the story of a charismatic rancher named Phil Burbank who inspires fear and awe in those around him. When his brother brings home a new wife and her son, Phil torments until Phil torments them until he finds himself exposed uh, to the possibility of love. So that is your plot right there. It is set in 1925, uh, just so you can get kind of a an image as I'm talking about it. But you know, going into this, I don't even remember seeing a trailer for it. I was just kind of excited for it just because, you know, it's Netflix uh, pushing, you know, their their awards consideration films and, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch and Cody Smith McPhee, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, which I think, is this the first one they've done together? Um, they are uh, together in real life. So it's uh, uh, fascinating that this is their, their first one and they play love interest in this too. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't really have much going into it. I just knew that this was being talked about amongst all the critics that I follow online, and of course, uh, Netflix pushing this for your consideration stuff. I really wish I did a top 10 from last year. This movie's phenomenal. Um, it, it definitely would be on the list. I loved pretty much everything about this. Um, I don't have really any gripes about it. It is very powerful uh, in all aspects of filmmaking and performance and just how everything kind of came together. It was just, it was filled with rage and anger and grief and hope and love and just what it means to be human. Just the, the whole emotional range of what it means to be a human being. It was really extraordinary stuff. To start with director Jane uh, Campion, what I really liked about this one is that it is a Western uh, or at least it, it kind of feels like one. Uh, it's not like a straight and true Western that we're, we're used to seeing, but it's got kind of a Western 
setting and feel and kind of lumber about it. But what this one, what this film is ultimately about is the dissection of masculinity and what it means to be a man. And we get to see it from all types. You know, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's character, he is a person that um, thinks that he has to be tough. He, he, he thinks that he has to be um, fearful and, you know, uh, in people's faces. And like, that's what it means to be a man. You got to be tough. You know, you, you, you're not going to make it out there in the world. You're not going to survive. And that's the, that's the thought process that he has. Cody Smith McPhee, he um, is discovering himself. He is coming of age. He is growing up uh, right before our very own eyes. And he is discovering his sexuality. He's discovering, um, you know, different father figures in his life. You know, he, he's, trying to, he's trying to figure all that out because his father has passed. Um, that is the, the stage that is set for those characters. And speaking of those characters, Kirsten Dunst plays his mother. She's going through grief. And she's just trying to make it work. And she, she knows that um, when Phil torments her and stuff, like she knows that she can't really fight back. And that's really sad to kind of watch. And you see her kind of go down this emotional rabbit hole that she cannot get out of. And she needs that kind of support around her, a.k.a. her son. And then Jesse Plemons, he is, you know, he's a kind man. He, he's someone that has a lot of pride and a lot of morals. And just you, you feel like he's a warm human being. Um, that he, you could talk to and you could trust. And, and so that's the whole thing about this film is that it just sh kind of showcases all different types of uh, what men uh, were like and what men are still like and how men try to fit into society. And, you know, which route are you going to go? Are you going to try to be as tough as nails and be a D-bag everywhere? Uh, or are you going to try to be kind? You're going to try to help others. You're going to try to spread love and, you know, not hate and fear and all that stuff. And so... I really like that kind of approach to the story. It really takes its time um, and kind of adds like this underlying tension that's happening between all the characters with the whole masculinity thing, but also with the internal struggles that they're all going through. And so you you can feel that on screen. It's just there's such nuanced performances that it really just strikes this just this like I said, just this constant wave of tension throughout the entire story. And I think Jane masterfully did that, uh, making us really kind of being invested from the moment it starts. Also, uh, a credit to Jane and the cinematographer is the the look of the film. It's absolutely stunning. Uh, the cinematography is, um, it's rich, it's textured, it's beautiful. You can pause each frame and turn it into a painting. It's um, It showcases, I don't know if they actually shot in Montana, but it showcases the landscape as beautiful and as just peaceful as it is. But what's great is that contrast because you have the, the landscaping, you have the beauty that is the mountains and the grass and the, the cows and just the, 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 um, the overall environment. But on the inside, you have all these characters battling each other at all times. So you have this, uh, this conflict that's going on on a small scale while being wrapped up in this kind of beautiful setting um, I love contrasted um, kind of visual cues like that. So, um, but yes, absolutely stunning. Really showcases um, the environment really, really well, and just kind of just kind of puts you in the mood for 1925. So, but yes, uh, now let's dive into the performances. Um, I think, uh, like I said, Jane uh, Campion, uh, fantastic job on her part in all those different aspects and kind of managing all that stuff and really just kind of bringing that vision to life. 
I would be okay if she got nominated for Best Director uh, at the Oscars. I think she's that good uh, uh, helming this film. The performances are out of this world. And to be quite honest, if all four of them got nominated, I wouldn't be upset. This is this is one of the best Benedict Cumberbatch performances I've ever seen. The amount of rage that this man holds within his character and not be vulnerable is pretty impressive. You know, he, like I said, he's the tough man. He wants to kind of put on a show. He wants to be like the leader of the group. He doesn't want to take anything from anybody. Like having that confidence um, on the outside of his character and then know on the inside that he is lonely, he is sad, he is rageful, it makes him really complex. And he's not just like the full-on, you know, villain that, you know, mustache trolling. It's like, there's a lot to him. But he can't he can't talk about it because of the just setting and the environment that they're in. Men are not supposed to talk about their feelings. Men are not supposed to be doing any of that stuff. So he bottles it in and he takes it out on other people. Very bad behavior. But um, you are a little empathetic towards him because you want to see him grow. You want to see him go beyond that. And then by the end of the film, it may be too late. Um, so I really loved kind of like his nuance, kind of uh, controlled performance that he did. Just kind of like just cut through everything. But there's just so much emotional richness uh, within him. Jesse Plemons, also really great. He's, he's great in everything. Um, but this is just a very kind of like stoic ro- role for him. He's very, he's very quiet, but he's very, he's just a very thoughtful person. And just, he really kind of comes across that way. He's very caring towards his wife. He does the best that he can, even though his brother is a complete D bag sometimes. Um, really just kind of like very, it's a very just kind of in the moment performance. And I really like it. Cody Smith McPhee. I know that Benedict Cumberbatch and Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons are getting all the rec- uh, recognition from this film. But Cody Smith-McPhee is so good in this movie. As a kid that is going through grief, discovering who he is, um, discovering his sexuality in real time, um, doesn't have a father figure trying to latch on to anything, and so he unfortunately latches on to Phil at some point. It's it's the type of, like, kind of um, child, not child performance, because he's, like, in his 20s, but you know what I mean, like a... A younger person uh, within the the character's uh, sense. I don't know what I'm saying, but you know you, you get it. Anyways, um, his his perspective as, as like more of like a kid versus like an adult who has been kind of weathered in this world. We get to kind of see it from his uh, POV, and it's really just kind of a beautiful thing. Just kind of seeing him figure it out, and uh, I, I thought his performance was really really great as well. Kirsten Dunst needs to be nominated. Um, the amount of sadness and grief that is channeling through her character, she portrays that super well because once again, she's not really supposed to show any emotions either. She's supposed to be strong for her son and her new, um, her, her, her new boyfriend and everything, soon to be husband. She's trying to be strong, but like, you know, that she's just slowly dying on the inside and seeing her going, choosing specific paths and going down them really just sad to see. And I think that, um, emotional heft that she brings it's unmatched um all the performances just just absolutely click uh within this film uh, i mentioned directing writing cinematography performance um music is also nice uh you know kind of 
just reminds me of just nice kind of western music to kind of set you in the mood and i really liked it um it's two hours long um it's it does take its time uh, it, it is uh, it, it is a slow burn if you will but i was i was emotionally invested not within the characters but with the story i love the way it looked it just i was so wrapped up into it that that two hours didn't uh, really bother me it was paced out really well even though it was more um of a take its time type of type of approach which i i really appreciate this film is amazing and I, I really hope it goes really far um, with the awards consideration. So I really love this movie. And if I were to create a list from last year, it would be on that list. So there you go. So that will do it for my review of The Power of the Dog. Please let me know down below what you thought of the film. And when we come back from the second break, I will be going over Focus Features' big awards push, uh, which is Belfast, directed by Kenneth Branagh. And it stars Jamie Dornan. Uh, I know uh, Katrina... Katriana uh, Balfi got nominated for the SAG for this. Uh, Jude Hill, I believe, is the kid's name. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it's uh, this is supposed to be like the feel-good movie and everything. So definitely some uh, awards pushing for this uh, for sure. But um, yeah, well, when we come back, um, I will be going over that. So I'll see you guys in a bit. <music> And welcome back from the second break. Let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about the final film of the episode, Belfast. And this one uh, is directed by Kenneth Branagh. And this one tells the story of a young boy and his working class Belfast family experience in the tumultuous uh, late uh, 1960s. Um, so yeah, you know, going into this, I remember seeing a trailer for it and I was like, I see what you're doing, Focus Features and Kenneth Branagh. This is your awards play. <laughs> uh, just the way, you know, it's kind of cut together. You know, it's very sweeping. It's very, like, emotional. It gets you, like, up in the feels. You're just like, yeah, it's going to be pushed for awards. Um, so it's not, it's not an issue. But um, you can definitely tell when something, a trailer is edited to make it look uh, like the next uh, Best Picture winner. It just is what it is. So, you know, hey, it got me wanting to watch it. So, And also, you know, I've been hearing a lot of awards consideration for it. Could sneak in and get Best Picture, maybe director for Kenneth Branagh, screenplay, cinematography, performance. It's got a lot of possibilities going forward. So I figured, why not? Let's catch up on it. I didn't even see it. So I did see it now. And it's fine. Um, I wasn't that blown away by it. I was kind of, uh, was kind of surprised. I, as I was watching it, I was wondering why it wasn't clicking for me. And... I really couldn't figure it out. It just like, by the time it started, by the time it ended, I was like, I can understand why people like that. It's a very feel-good movie. It gives a lot of hope at the very end. There's a lot of uh, turmoil. There's a lot of um, violence and hate, you know, that, that, that is saturated in this story. But it, 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 it gives everyone kind of, you know, hope. And it, you know, teaches you to be a good person, like, regardless of, like, who's, religion is what, like all that stuff. It's all good messaging. And it definitely has some aspects about it that are feel good and make you feel good on the inside and to where I could see people loving this film. For me personally, it was just kind of, Hey, that was, that was fine. Um, I don't really want to watch it again. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of neutral on it. So I'm going to just break this down. So, you know, Kenneth, uh, Brana as director, 
Um, he he does a fine job. It's it's not like anything where he tries anything different uh, that I've never seen from him before. It's a very straightforward story. It's um, you know, he gets the job done, going from point A to point Z. I mean, that's the way I kind of viewed it. Um, like I said, didn't do a bad job, didn't do a great job. Just kind of like he did what he did, and you know, some of the things I did like about it were the family dynamic between um, the main character, uh, uh, Buddy, played by Jude Hill, which, by the way, great child performance. So regardless of whatever I say about this film, that kid's a star, and he's going to go places. But the um, family dynamic between uh, him, his brother, and his ma, and his pa, that was the most fascinating stuff to me. Just hearing them talk about how Things are getting so bad in Belfast that they may need to move, but also like their friends and family are here and like this is home to them. And it's just like, it's really hard for them to make that decision. They have a lot of squabbles in the home. Uh, the father is working away most of the time. So the mother has to raise the children. So there's a lot of tension there. Um, a lot of family drama. And so that stuff was more fascinating to me because I really, I fell in love with the family. Like I, I wanted them to succeed. I wanted them to make the right decisions and I wanted them to have a wonderful future. And so their performances were just very sweet and endearing from all four of them to where like, I, I felt like I was a part of that family. I felt like I was along this journey with them and just being inside of that house and knowing that there's chaos happening around them being in that house. It, I felt, you know, safe. I, I felt comfortable. I, I, I wanted to hear them talk about their, their feelings. I wanted. I wanted them to talk about like all the problems that they were going through. That is where the movie shines. The family dynamic, and I think Kenneth Branagh nailed that uh, for the most part. You know, with everything that's happening outside of the house, with uh, the Catholic and Protestant uh, type of fight and angle that they're going for, um, it doesn't have as much emotional potency as Kenneth thinks it has. Like it, it's like. I get it. It's a part of history. And like this, this is something that needs to be taught to people like this actually happened and it still is going on to this day. So hatred and intolerance, like regardless if it's from the sixties, it's still applicable today. And that's, that's the whole point is like, doesn't matter when it happens in history, history repeats itself. It always happens. So, um, I get all that. I just don't think it had that, that sting that Kenneth uh, was hoping for, but everything that was happening within the family inside the house, I liked. Um, so, yeah, I think he did a pretty good job navigating the story and kind of like, you know, making us um, care about some things, maybe not so much other things, but um, I think he did a fine job. And speaking of um, uh, uh, his directing and stuff, the visual um, component to this was also nice. I, I like the ba black and white aesthetic. It really just adds um, more depth uh, to each scene, it um, it allows, you know, the color to be stripped away and lets, you know, the bare bones of, like, the story and the, the, the characters and the performances and the writing shine through and really just um, kind of captivate you. So I, I thought the black and white aesthetic was, um, was appropriate. It, it worked. You know, it's set in the 60s, so, yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, it, it was pleasant, um, and there was a couple shots that were really cool. Um, and they got really creative with it. So I was like, oh, okay, you guys are spicing up a little bit. I like it. So yes, it's a uh, shot really well. Um, performances, uh, like I said earlier, all really nice and just kind of gentle. Um, very, um, 
very human performances, and I really felt like they were uh, a full-on family, and I really appreciated that. Jamie Dornan as the the father, great. Catriona uh, uh, K- Balfi, um, she plays the mom. She was probably my favorite one because uh, she definitely had her moments where I was I was waiting for her to explode with this um, emotional intensity, and there was a couple scenes where she got that, and I was like, if she's nominated for an Oscar, that is uh, that is her clip. Um, and then of course Jude Hill as the son, the main person that we follow, you know, we get to see it from his point of view, his perspective. He is a kid. He doesn't know what's going on in the outside world. He is a kid that is, loves to get in trouble, play with his friends, go after the girls in his class, you know, he, um, that he has a crush on. He asks a lot of, he asks a lot of questions. He's curious. He is a little kid so seeing his perspective from all of this asking his parents why is this stuff happening and they they say like it's it's just the way it is it just it makes you also think as an adult it's just like yeah why does this stuff happen and you know it's like what this is why kids are so innocent and they just they go into the world they don't uh know anything but they're asking so many questions as to why like they think this is so bad and everything it's just like well you make a lot of sense so um yeah i thought the kind of innocence uh, from his point of view, um, was really nice. And then also, um, he had a couple moments where he got to explode a little bit and show a little bit of, uh, of his acting chops. And so I was like, yeah, this kid's got a future. Uh, I can see it. Um, a couple other, uh, nice cast members, uh, Judy Dench is in it. Uh, uh, Syrian Hines. I'm sorry about that. Anyways, they play the grandparents. Um, and we get to kind of see their perspective of people that have lived in Belfast for their entire lives. And so they can't just like uproot and leave. So hearing like their, uh, you know, grandchildren and their uh, children thinking about moving, like that's devastating to them. And they just, they don't understand it. But like also at the same time, it's like, you got to do what you got to do to protect your family. And so I like kind of seeing their perspective too of someone that's in a different generation. But yeah, that's about it. Um, I don't really have any more to say. If you love this movie, I get it. If you think the movie's okay like me, I also get it. If you don't like it, yeah, I kind of get it too. I mean, this is kind of one of those things to where it's going to affect different people. And that's the wonderful thing about film. It's all subjective, ladies and gentlemen. And um, yeah, just for me personally, a little better than okay. Like I I would kind of like sit in that range of like, eh, I go like... below liking it and above thinking it's just okay because there are a couple of um technical aspects that i really like you know uh, production design costuming and stuff also really nice so please let me know down below what you thought of the film and that will do it for episode 345 it is in the bag ladies and gentlemen uh so next week like i said 346 will drop on january 31st it will be over two more uh probably awards potential films um the lost daughter which is on netflix and Tick, Tick, Boom, which is also on Netflix. You know, I never got to review that one uh, with Andrew Garfield, directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. So I'm excited to watch it and break it down for you guys. So that will be next week's episode. Um, and then I think after that should be Jackass Forever, uh, episode 347. So those are your uh, prospects for the next two weeks. So plus all the mini reviews I have sprinkled out. So hope you guys are enjoying all that. So that will do it. For episode 345 of the Real Me and Colin Movie Podcast, I am one of your co-hosts, Chase Lee. Thank you for joining me on this day or night or whenever you're listening to this. You guys are amazing. 
Thank you for the support just throughout all these years and every week to week. You guys are amazing. Appreciate every single one of you. Love you all. See you guys next week. Goodbye.